Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by Lancashire Post. This week we're taking a look back at the Fulham game. We'll be discussing the game against QPR at the weekend, talking team news, looking at the running, and answering some questions sent in to us. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me is Dave Seddon. We're going to be talking all things PE and a bit more as per usual. We're here at UCLan, so we'd like to say thank you to University for letting us record our podcast here. Dave, we're up to number six now. There we go. I, I, I've, autom- I've now lost count of how many episodes because it's passed a hand and that's about as far as I go. Half a dozen, Tom. We're still here. We've not been shut down. Yeah. We're, we're doing all right, aren't we? I am enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? I am, yeah. It's good. We're having so, some nice okay. comments on Twitter, which is which is something. I'm yeah, sure there's plenty that think the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just so, not getting in touch yet. Yeah, I'm sure they'll come at some point. No, it's, I, I'll, ch- I'll talk any time and I'll talk p even more. So... Uh, <laughs> You know, um, yeah, it's really good, really enjoyable doing it. Right, so we get, should we get straight into it then? Go straight to the weekend, mm-hmm. Fulham. Mm-hmm. Not, the, not the greatest of, of games on the whole. First mm-hmm. half, not the worst. No, I thought game of contrasting halves where North End were um, concerned. I thought they were the better side in the first half mm. by some, some distance, not some distance, but a decent distance. Uh, had the far better chances of the game, pressed well, um, didn't limited Fulham to very little, I'd say. Second half, I thought different matter. I thought Fulham Fulham started the second half better. Mm. Obviously got the on goal to give them the lead just before the hour. And I thought from an attacking point of view, the second half was a non-event for North End. If you think about it, I think Hughes had that late header about 88th 89th minute which yeah. the keeper saved um, and that was probably their only chance uh, on goal in the second half they had that late corner about 95th minute which Josh Harrop obviously well. mishit <laughs> and it came in got cleared and Fulham broke away on the counter attack counter attack quite well to be fair to him to yep. score the second goal um, put a little bit of gloss on it I thought I didn't think 2-0 two, two looks a little bit like Fulham were the better side for quite a long time, which they weren't. Mm. Uh, I'm not disputing they shouldn't have won, but I just thought you know, it was a one-nil game or a nil-nil game for me, really. Um, yeah, you said it, it brought. When you look back at North End's chances in the first half, it could have been a sort of two or three-one game. You know. Yeah, Scott Parker said after the game that he felt it was one of those where the first goal would decide it, mm-hmm. and I, I think that probably was right. And Alex Neal said it a lot of times mm-hmm. that the first goal is crucial and. Nugent got no sympathy for Alex from Alex Neal for accidentally putting it in his own net. He didn't. To be fair, Alex Neal was probably he, he, like any manager. He doesn't like losing, mm. but he, he could. But after that Fulham game, we sat in the press conference with him. He admitted himself he was frustrated, and that's as frustrated as I have seen him. He you know, said when, that when, as well, you know yeah. when 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 they got beat four 0 at, at Hull earlier in the season, when they got beaten at West Brom, for example, the three or four games, three or four days before. There wasn't quite that frustration there because, you know, probably they were well beaten on the night. But against Fulham, you know, he obviously fought a very good first half performance, should have brought more. And I think that's where his frustration lay as well. Yeah. Um, it was it was a tightish game, but as I say, in the end, it swung against him and he, could, he really was frustrating. But we, we, as you say, we, sometimes with, with players, you know, Nugent scored the own goal. He went to sort of try and cut out a corner at the near post, flicked off the top of his head. Looped over Declan, rolled one nil, mm. um, and yeah, sometimes you get 
a sort of arm around the shoulder. Well, you know, he was trying to do his job, blah blah blah. But there, there was no, I don't, you know, there was no sympathy coming at no. all. It was not because it was Dave Nugent. I just, just think because of the occasion. Yeah. You know how frustrated the manager was. Yeah, and you think. It's a completely different game if Sean Maguire is onside for for that goal. And I'm not blaming Sean Maguire in that. If you watch it, he, he goes with the initial corner. That's when he makes his move towards the towards the net. And then there's a flick on and he's not been able to get back mm-hmm. in time for it. But I suppose it's those kind of fine margins at it times, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, just on that one, um, he had to go for it. You looked at the trajectory yeah. of the ball. It wasn't this one. He was just following in a, um, a Nugent's flick, which was going in. He had to put in, it would have gone wide otherwise, you know, but he obviously, you know, strayed half a yard off, you know, fair play. But, um, yeah, it would have been, a, you know, had Preston scored that one, had Brad Potsy shot early doors, not being blocked yeah. very well by We'd, Michael Hector. Yeah, you put down to good defending rather yeah. than poor Yeah, poor I thought finish. Hector was very good for um, Fulham, by the way, centre-half, yeah. number yeah. three. Yeah, they don't see many number threes playing at no. centre half, but no, no. I was very, very impressed with my Maldini. Yeah, so he was a left back, Maldini. Well, he? Yeah, he came he inside won. eventually. He didn't, he didn't. Yeah, but but I'm just saying that um, Brad Potts had a chance. You know, the other openings. Alan Brown had a couple of shots in the um, yeah. first half. From didn't the necessarily. Role. Yeah, didn't necessarily test the keeper too. Didn't stretch him too much. You know, the keeper saved. Yeah, they were both sort of straight at him, all just above his head. Um, yeah, so. that's what I was saying to you after the game, wasn't it? That I thought, I don't I mean, I don't think either keeper was particularly tested. A lot of the ones that Rodak were above his head or straight at him, nothing too major. Rudd had one routine save to make down to his right at one point. I think the the, the hardest save in the game was Rodak's at the end from yeah. from Hughes. And, and I don't and think even that wasn't even that wasn't exactly spectacular. Exactly, you'd yeah. expect him to make it looking back. Yeah, so it's a, it was a hard one to watch actually because. The, ang- the angle we were watching when we were quite low down and yeah. with the sun and We were getting whatever. wet and everything. Yeah. That's how low down we were. <laughs> yeah, but it was, a, it was a really... Even on the replays, it's hard to see that Hughes one. Mm. You know, I know the commentators at the time called it, said it was Bowers' header, but it wasn't. It, it was Hughes. And yeah. The, the trajectory of the ball and the angle Hughes was coming off on of it, I thought he was going to sort of help it on across, you know, help it further across the goal, but he actually sort of headed it back sort of a little bit where it had come from, you know, so... Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a strange one that yeah but there was nothing to really test the keeper and when you looked at it oh you know you might look at it at the end Preston missed some first half chances Fulham did Fulham take their chances when you when you bear in mind the first goal was an own goal it was handed to and gift wrapped yeah. and the second one was on the counter attack in the 95th minute when North End had piled everyone on the you wouldn't well, in the box, you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, Fulham won because they were ruthless. And they did they the weren't. best to, yeah. to cock that up, let's yeah. be fair. Yeah, yeah. West Brom were ruthless, I thought, against North End in the first half last Tuesday. Yeah. You know, they, they, they really did exploit. Yeah. constantly. But, but Fulham, it was sort of gift-wrap with a big bow, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, the first yeah. goal, and then the second I mean, one, really, yeah. Kamara did quite well to, to, to literally dribble. I mean, if you think about it, he's dribbled uncontested for half the length of the yeah. pitch, mm-hmm. which... Great doesn't, pace. Doesn't great take pace. a lot. No. Yeah, great pace. Mm. Doesn't take a lot to do. Mm. He gets into the area, squares it to Cavalero, plays the right pass at the right time. Fair enough on that. Cavalero takes a terrible touch yeah. and then just stops yeah. and hopes for the best. Kamara comes onto it and luckily for him, I think it goes through Brown's legs on the line. I thought, yeah, I thought he finished it quite well. I think it goes between more of the two defenders. Brown had got back and another defender had got back on the line. Yeah, I think had, Brown was the one who would stayed back. He was by... Uh, or, Brown, or yeah, Brown was by the post. Mm. Then there was another defender and then Rudd was sort of in front of him and the shot beat Rudd mm. and he was just hoping someone would have blocked it on the line. But I've, to be fair, I'll give... Uh, 
Kamara is credit there for one, his run was very good. He showed yeah. electric pace. Direct. He was fresh on as a substitute. Yeah. Very direct, knew what he wanted, didn't try and take the ball to the corner or anything. It was just he had one thing in mind. Uh, as you say, Caviero <laughs> decided, well, I think he got a bit bit scared in the box, yeah. you know, what, trying to be too perfect almost. Um, yeah. But, you know, in, in in the end, you know, it just put a sort of an unnecessary coat of gloss on it mm. from their point of view, I thought. And credit to the North End defence, Mitrovic had absolutely nothing in the game, to he be didn't, honest. No, no, quietest game I've seen him had against yeah. us. Is that he'd scored seven in five, five before, so yeah. seven in six now. So, Still uh, a decent record, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. No, but I thought Patrick Bauer handled him very well. Yeah. And if need be, passed him on to Ben Davis if he pulled on. But he, Mitrovic did tend to be pulling on to Bauer's side of the defence yeah. a lot more. I think he had one shot blocked in the first half mm. at close quarters, you know, like well, you know, the block came in very quickly. Apart from that, you know, kept in quiet, which barely, it was getting a bit of a psychological thing with North End, wasn't it? You know, mm. I wrote about it in the in the build up. We all talked about it. This is one about keeping Mitrovic quiet and yeah. and that's probably the frustrating thing. They did that side of it really well. Mm. And then concede an own goal and well on the break. You yeah, know, so. it's, it, it, masters of their own downfall, really. Well, and, um, that, you're quoting Alex Neal there, aren't you? Yeah. So that's a, I think he said exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think and, he, uh, he called us authors of our own downfall. So. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not smart enough. Am I? That's the thing. I'm not good enough. Um, Darnell Fisher, a ban appeal, successful, mm-hmm. comes into the game, and I thought he did really well. I thought he was. Probably him and Brad Potts, I thought, were North End's two best players on the yeah. day. I Brad thought, Potts deserves a shout-out yeah. as well, to be just, fair, Just on Fisher, though, I thought it was his kind of game. You know, He enjoyed yeah. that battle down that side, didn't he? And, and nearly uh, got some change out of Knockout as well yeah, early on, didn't he? Knockout pushed him in the face. Yeah. Um, now, Alex Neal argued it was a red card and some referees would have given it that. I was put right by a referee on Twitter who yeah. said... Um, a hand to the face isn't necessarily yeah. it's got to be done with an amount of force or yeah something. Like now, distinguishable how, force or yeah, something how, like how that, do you it? judge that you know so. yeah but just back to Fisher um, got his red card rescinded from the West Brom game um, I think at the time when we probably spoke about it on the podcast when we recorded yeah. it last week after the West Brom game it was one of those at the time when we all thought well there was a decision there for the referee to make and he went with the red card and it went against Fisher. But then you see the footage slowed down frame by frame, which I have, which North End used on the appeal. Because mm. these appeals, apparently, you don't go in person, you send some video evidence, you send written submissions, then it's considered by a panel at Wembley. And so they sent this sort of frame, watch this with the instructions, watch this frame by frame. Fisher goes in, um, wins the ball with his right foot, well ahead of Robinson. Mm. Um, now, at the time, the fourth official had told Alex Neal that he was sent off for the follow-through of his left leg. And that's when, probably what's done him. Yeah, but then you see the uh, how Fisher's left leg... Of course, Fisher's left leg does come round because mm. it has to. There's no other way for it, nowhere else for it to go, really. But what happens is it's not the studs and it's not a sort of straight leading foot left foot which goes into Robinson it's actually Fisher's shin which is sort of half tucked behind him he's not following with it he's at trying all. to get rid of it he's trying to get rid you know he's trying to keep it tucked under him and it was his shin which hit Robinson's shin and that's where you know there was no malicious intent there yeah. it was an accidental collision it wasn't reckless it wasn't with force hence the red card um, being, being withdrawn and yeah. 
the guy on Twitter who's offered to eat a tin of dog food. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know, you're welcome well, to come on the podcast yeah. anytime, and we'll. Uh... I, I tweet. I came back from the press conference last Thursday, and North End confirmed that was the first time they confirmed that the actual appeal had gone in. Yeah. But at that point, we were sort of five or six hours away from a decision, and so I just put it on Twitter. North End have appealed. They're waiting for it to for yeah. the result to come through, and this guy comes on Twitter. I'll eat a tin of dog food if we succeed with that because it's uh, you know it's a, an absolute barmy appeal. They'll get an extra game ban. People are saying and things like that, but um, I don't think sometimes you don't appeal unless you if, if teams teams now knowing you could get an extra game ban for an appeal, mm. they, they do really examine whether they're going to. They sometimes get advice from the Referees Association, from the FA itself, is this worth an appeal? Mm. You know, it's a quiet word, you know, are we wasting our time here? And sometimes you might say, well, you're not, it's worth an appeal. Mm. You might not succeed, but give it a go anyway. You're not going to get penalised. They kind of get the it. nod that it's not yeah. frivolous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do that, you know, and um, and and it's, you know, North, North End have been careful with it and, and won their appeal. So It's interesting yeah. that the slow motion is allowed because normally you hear that on red card mm-hmm. um, appeals they're not allowed to they're only allowed to use the footage that's kind of there they on are, the day well, it was, yeah the footage you know it was a four camera game um, obviously the red button on Sky is mm. a one camera game but for the iFollow cam- um, coverage to enhance it from the red button to make yeah. stand it apart you got four cameras at the game. We're, ad- we're now advertising I follow PNE apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but, Dave's doing his bits, keeping the good books. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but they, they had different camera angles from that at the time, you know, which has helped him. And you are in the appeal allowed to slow it down frame by frame. Mm. I suppose if that had happened in the Premier League, VAR would have looked at it in a very similar way. They would have slowed it down. Yeah, that's how the at Stockley Park. VAR and Darnell Fisher. Yeah, what a combination! Oh my, where they keep them busy. But that's. <laughs> but it, as I say, if it was a Premier League match where there was VAR, that is what they thought the sort of the yeah. guy at Stockley Park would be looking at. He'd look at it in real time, and he'd also slow it down bit by bit. So yeah, it was. It's almost like a retrospective. VAR decision. So what you're saying is the moral of the story is we need VAR in the championship. No, I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. I really? Stand, yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't have it. No. Oh, it, I don't but, mind it. It depends. But no offender promoted. Yeah. In May. Yeah. Fair enough. It's in Premier League next year. Yeah, by we'll by the rules. It. But you know, it's, it's part of it. I'm it? looking yeah. forward to the fans singing the match of the day theme song when we when yeah. we know we're when we know last we're match. Safe. Yeah. yeah. When we last match. We'll apart, come, apart from when we beat Man City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll come. Uh, we'll come on to all these uh, in the close of the season later. But um, we move on to the weekend then. Just, just, just one thing oh, before oh, we move on. To we're not going to the weekend. Brad Potts. Brad Potts. Yes, I, I did say he needed a shout out, and did. then I forgot. I think he's he's a player who this season has been obviously had his critics and probably mm. justifiably. I know we're all in this mode at the moment. Should we be criticising players? No rut. one is saying yeah. you shouldn't criticise players. It's just what we touched on last week is like taking it beyond the criticism with the abuse and things like that. Yeah. But making it personal. Yeah, Potts' performance probably you know this season he ha- he has generally not been as good as last. Mm. When he first came in from Barnsley last January, he played ten games and scored two goals. And those ten games, North End didn't lose any of them. It was part of a twelve match unbeaten run. Uh, unbeaten run. He missed the one 0 win at Rovers at the start of March this time last year. And sat in the away end, he, he, his knee went. And I remember, fan, you know, like, it was at the time, oh, 
Potts was injured. This is a disaster, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and it ended up, I think he came back, played against Birmingham, and then that was him for the season. We didn't see him again. He had a, a, an issue with his cartilage. And then in the summer when he, he'd had the operation, he came back, they part pre-season, and his knee, same knee flared up. Mm. Apparently it was a cyst inside his knee near where he'd had the operation. It was like irritating the site where he'd had the operation. So they needed to get rid of that. And I think he only played, I think he... I don't think he played the Bamber Bridge pre-season game. I think he played half of it at Cork. I think he played one of the game in Cork and mm. then didn't play another pre-season game until Newcastle, the final one. And I just think he went into the season lacking yeah. pre-season. You know, he's a big lad. He's, he's, he's like over six foot. He's not a skinny thing, is he? You know, like, um, and I think he he needs to train. He's one of these players who needs to train and, and with doesn't the, get with away his with game, it. His game is a, a very running game, it is. isn't it's it? A, he, he's, he's an energy, he's a, he's a legs, isn't he? Mm. He's that energy down the middle of the park. And he started the first game of the season at Millwall, and like a lot of them, he wasn't quite on it. Yeah. And then really it's been in and out since. But it's, it's really interesting. I was looking through, his, he's made nine starts this season. Um, he started both against Leeds, home and away, one all draws. He started now both against Fulham, the 2-1 win at Deepdale and Saturday's 2-0 defeat. He started the home game in December against West Brom. He started the Man City game in the Carabao Cup. So he's one of these players, obviously, of a certain kind of game when Alex Neal feels they do have to press. I was he surprised to, he didn't he seems start to against West him. Brom in the week. Yeah, yeah, but he seems to sort of call him up for those... Big games, you know, maybe high energy games potentially. Yeah, yeah. Where you know Leeds was a perfect one. You got to be, you got to be so high tempo throughout against Leeds that he played both. You yeah. know, and that that's the interesting one. Yeah, there'd be other games where he's played and he would have been totally ineffective. Mm. But I thought, you know, even I remember the Leeds at home. He was very good. They played him a sort of tucked in on the on the side, you know, as instead of a winger, you know, and he, he did well that day. He wasn't the prettiest of performances, but it was uh, he was in that team to press. He wasn't into sort of yeah. doing the flowery stuff. Whenever you saw yeah. him before he came to North End, he was always that kind of all-action midfield. I remember yeah. he came when he came um, playing for Barnsley, he mm. scored inside yeah. about a, f- a couple of minutes, making mm. this run from midfield and getting there in the, uh, in, in the box. Mm. I remember he, uh, he, he played at Wembley sometime for whoever... God knows who it was, and uh, I remember he. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I remember it was brilliant, and he, he pretty much ran the game from midfield, and I'm pretty sure he scored. He made this lung bursting run from midfield, either he scored or, or set it up, and that's that's kind of his game. And yeah. when you're in and out of the team, maybe he's that kind of Donnell Fisher has said he's a rhythm player. Maybe he's that kind of rhythm player mm-hmm. that needs consistent game time, needs to kind of keep in the team, keep yeah. himself going, and and it might keep his energy levels up. I think at times. He has looked a bit lethargic and has looked a bit definitely not mm. out of shape because no footballer is out of shape, but maybe just a bit out of maybe maybe it is rhythm. Mm. But I think what he can offer with that high energy style that North End have, and and like as you say, he's used in all the big games. He can add that that something different, and the impact he had in the second half of last season can't be yeah. ignored. You got to look at it. Not a lot of games he's played. And he's in a competitive area when you think there's been games you've, you wouldn't have picked him ahead of Pearson, Brown, uh, Gallagher at times, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it, it's it, a DJ, it's a competitive area as we've mm. found when we've talked about Tom Bayliss in the past. And, Ryan Ledson, no. Ryan Ledson, whatever. But um, I think, you know, it's probably the first time at Fulham we've seen Potts on his own as a 10. You know, last season yeah. when he came in, they switched to this sort of 4-1-4-1 system where Two it was one striker, 
two running tens yeah. and only one sitter. Yeah. Well, this season it's tend to be more of a four, sort of four two three one. That's how Alex Neal started last season. Changed this four one four one system. Then this season gone back to four two three one. In part and, because yeah. of how well Brown was playing as Played, well. That wasn't exactly. It. Didn't and want then to and then this season he's had DJ as a ten, yep. or he's had Brown in there. And he's or, been benefiting off that yeah. space. That so then. As I say, the ones he has played is tended to be on a sort of tucked in on the right or something. But this yeah. this one, um, you know, full of he was the one ten. You know, like. Brown was playing as a so holding the Ben Pearson type. Mm-hmm. DJ was sort of in between, a bit forward from Brown, but not quite as forward as a number ten. Yeah. And Potts was you just could see it on the pitch. It was him and you he was getting right close to Nugent, wasn't he? You know, so and he had probably three or four really good energetic runs from his yeah. own half, driving through driving through the middle of the park. You got know. them out. Yeah, maybe, you know, the one criticism was after driving through the pass he picked out, while it found its man whoever he found had to adjust the feet. Mm. You know, it wasn't... Maybe a bit overhit. It wasn't, time. yeah, or under hit. It wasn't quite nicely flowing into his path. So yeah. I'm not going to sort of say it was the best performance ever. But, you know, I thought um, a couple of our contributors to the fans panel in the Evening Post both made him pot star man, mm-hmm. which I think he's telling view from the terraces. We thought he was good. Yeah. So it was a, quite an all-round view that he, he was good on the day. He might not suit when they play on Saturday against QPR... Potts might not suit that game whatsoever. You might see Harrop back in at the yeah, 10 or something yeah, it, like that. You know, it's completely it, it, different. It completely, it's, it's horses for courses, which mm. will probably frustrate the player himself. Mm. But, you know, it's not this one we're sitting here saying he's got to pick Brad Potts every week now because he played well at Fulham. You know, it might be that he, it might be that it starts on Saturday. It might be that he, he doesn't, you know. So uh, it's yeah. a really interesting dynamic. But... Let's give him credit for what he did against Fulham. You know, Absolutely. Like, if North End had come away with a point from that or a result from that, you know, it, he would have he would have played a big part. Yeah, in it, it yeah. could have been it could have been um, yeah. down to him really. Uh, we'll move on to QPR then this time, if I'm allowed. You are now, Tom. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, got beat two 0 last time. Mm-hmm. Need better this time. Just weren't really at it at all. Really, it was a, it was a nothing think, match down there, wasn't it? I think yeah, I think was, yeah. we need North End to come out and and show. So, I mean. If you look at the last two games, there's been three poor halves of football there. Yeah. There's only been one good half of, of, of football. No, but I mean, in terms of West Brom and West Brom and Fulham, yeah. there's only been one decent half yeah. of football yeah. there. Mm-hmm. This QPR game kind of needs to be the start of, of something, hopefully. Yeah. So this, if you think about it, Tom, going, a good fir- month. Yeah, going further back as well, the whole game, there was only really the second half which was yeah, good at that. Very true. The first half, they weren't at it. So two and even six. before that, Millwall, good, yeah. good, good first 20, oh, yeah. half an hour, but after that, a bad second hour, you know. So, yeah. so maybe, yeah. maybe you've had maybe just over 90 minutes of good football in four games, yeah, you'd say. Yeah. You know? off a bit. They've lost three at the last four, haven't they? Yeah, so. which, is, which, is, which is worrying, although mm-hmm. three of the next four are at home. Mm-hmm. And North End have lost the top spot in the home table to Fulham after this weekend. But this is a nice chance for the three of the next four being at home. It's a good chance to kind of lay a marker to go into this, this, this final spell of the season and, and, and also to put right the... The poor display at yeah, QPR. Yeah, you've got yeah the QPR away in December. It was the last of the four. They, they lost four at the bounce. It was the last one. Yeah, they didn't offer anything down at Loftus Road or four. So no. the Kian Prince Foundation Stadium to give its yep. proper title now. Um, so yeah, they need to make amends for that one. But you know, um, it's 
three, you say three out the next four at home, QPR at home, Luton Town in the bottom three away from home. Yep. Um, and then Cardiff, Cardiff midweek, and then Wayne Rooney's Derby County, as yes. they are now known. Changed yes, the name from Frank Lampard's Derby County. Although that does rely, obviously, on... They're, they're playing Man United in the FA Cup on Thursday. Yeah. We're recording this on Tuesday, yes. so... Um, Wayne Rooney's former club, Manchester yeah, United. Wayne, yeah, Wayne Rooney's present club versus Wayne Rooney's former club, <laughs> as it will be, will. But if... if Sky, that, I'm going to have a field yeah, day. If Wayne Rooney's Derby County beat Wayne Rooney's old club, Man United, in the yeah. Cup, the Derby game will be off because that's when the next round of the FA Cup is. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and complicate it, eh, Tom? No. Um, which no. I am doing. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, potentially three out of the four, next four at home. Uh, it would going into the international break. It would set them up very nicely if they could mm. get a healthy points total out of this. Just give themselves that bit of a cushion. They're in the pack coming out of this um, February seven games in February. Alex Neil always said it was key. It was let's see how what they were coming out. Probably not got quite got the amount of points he wanted to, mm-hmm. but who has there yeah. at the moment? You know, yeah. Neil said he wanted to come out of February in the pack, and they are they are still in the top six. I know the last two results haven't been great. But you know they're there because they've got more points than other teams. Not, yeah, you know, table yeah, doesn't lie. No, you know, it's not our fault that other teams haven't overtaken us and punished us. Mm. Well, that, that, that's their lookout, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm it's sure, going to happen. I'm sure Bristol City fans are jumping up and down. I'm sure Brentford fans are jumping up and down. I'm sure, after Forest fans points. are after yeah. last night. We're yeah. recording this on on Tuesday, and they do a they've only just managed to nick a point yeah. at, in, at Middlesbrough in the relegation zone. Yeah, who. Middlesbrough, who haven't won since beating us on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's very kind <laughs> of them. I saw they said, oh, you know, the commentator said that, oh, yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough, you know, like, last one on New Year's Day, I just shut my eyes at that one. I thought, yeah, yeah. who is that against? Yeah. Typical. But they were, the, they were the form team in the in the, yeah, in the the yeah, league at the yeah. time as well. They, they are now they the team who are dropping us. like a stone. They always said there's... They often say there's one team who comes out of the pack to get in the playoffs and then one who drops like a stone to go into the relegation zone. I think Middlesbrough are looking like well, that at the moment. Well, they have their hands full because Hull are doing their best to beat them to it. Yeah, they are actually, yeah. While every, <laughs> the, the rest of the teams around the bottom seem to be really picking up and yeah. finding some really good results. Uh, Wigan yeah. kind of know that this is the crunch time yeah. and they're now starting to play. They know yeah. how to get out of it and yeah. this is where they're coming. Sort of coming into their own is probably a bit... Probably not quite right, but no. they, I think they know this is crunch time. Yeah, but Hull and Middlesbrough are having a competition of who can be bad yeah. this time of the <laughs> who season. Who can be worst? Jonathan Woolgate just looks like a beaten man on the sidelines. Yeah. It's worrying. Yeah. And then Hull, you sell your two best players on transfer deadline day. Don't adequately and, replace and they, them. And they, they, they're like Middlesbrough. They haven't won since New Year's Day, you yeah. know. So uh, probably fortunate for... The, is are there, uh, there going to be two vacancies, uh, you know, for the, them both to drop in? Uh, probably not. No, no, no. But, I'm but, sh- but away from the relegation, up back up to yes. the promotion slots. Yes. But as I say, you know, QPR are unbeaten in five, so they're yeah. not coming in poor form. No. North End are going to be have to be at it. Hugel scored in the last game as well, so he's yeah. he, he's he's finding the net. Yeah, good player, Jordan Hugel. I think. I think any, not quite North Premier League, but a good championship. Yeah, player, good, good, solid championship striker, which you know we could do at the moment. because yeah. that is a worry, isn't it? That North End score got well, they're not shy of goals. I think we're forty nine, one mm. off it in the fifty mark. Um, I think I think there's only one team in the top eight that scored less than us, but we're not trailing massively behind on the goals. No goal difference but, is okay. Yeah, but. The relying, you know, when you think DJ and Tom Barkay's and your two top scorers, Galley's got quite a few, you know, people are chipping in round the sides, but there's not a lot coming through that middle area. And not probably partly with the way they play, 
you know, sometimes a striker is used to sort of play other players to feed foil. off. Yeah, but you do want more goals from a centre forward. Yeah. Nugent's got one. Louis Malt's got one who's out for the season. <laughs> yeah. Jaden Stockley's got two. Uh, some fans would argue he's not playing enough, but mm. is he? Is Stockley your guy who's going to go yeah, 10, 15 goals a season? I'm With not the way North sure. End play? Probably not, no. Barkhausen is probably your most productive player going scoring goals when he's played down the middle, although some of his have come from the wing as well. And so. I think he suits that position I, more. Yeah. To mm-hmm. be honest, what down the wing or yeah, yeah I, think, I, do, I yeah. think he's best. Out he can out play up wide. front, but I think he's more effective yeah. down the side, causing problems getting into space. Yeah. Um, my big issue with the goals as well is that a lot of them have come from penalties, mm-hmm. especially like DJ and Galley. Yeah. I'm not going to complain from. though. If, if they got in the areas to win the penalties, yeah, they're doing something right, you yeah. know. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not a snob when it comes to penalties, you know, mm. like. Most of them have been pretty clear cut. There's been the odd dodgy one where you think, <laughs> yeah. like, well, but I mean, even me, yeah. even Darnell's against Hull, you <laughs> yeah. feel like it's it's levelled up after after Alan Brown goes down. What ten seconds earlier, Brown yeah. got kicked on the accolades from behind. You know, yeah. like you should have. You know, how, how the referee didn't see that as a penalty, and then saw Darnell's as one. Of them. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of levels up. Yeah, um, I think the last time Jordan Hugo was at Deepdale, mm. he broke Tom Clark's nose. He did. It would have been, wouldn't it, for Middlesbrough? Yeah, last yeah. season. Yeah, which kind of ruled him out for the the yeah. rest of that of that season, didn't it? Because he kept having the big got a bit of an infection yeah. in his nose. It was an off, you know, like it doesn't sound a lot of broken nose. Yeah, but it it broke the bone, but I think it damaged the cartilage down the middle of the nose, and mm. it, it was a really, and I think it obstructed his breathing. And um, as you say, I think he got an infection there to start of it, which is not a surprise when. I think he broke his nose, got patched up, and came Played back onto the pitch. Headbutted, he, he headed. He, he backheaded back it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Tom, Tom went forward with his head, Hugo went back with his head. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know there was an infection at the time which caused him a few issues, and mm. then it was a sort of cartilage inside his nose, he's badly damaged, he will have to, to restore his good looks, he will have to have an operation <laughs> at some point. But, uh, but no, no, that was, you know, they've, they've, they've handled Hugo quite well. In mm. the time he's been back with Middlesbrough, he's been, you know, they played QPR early in the season, sort of quite quiet that game. I think Narky Wells did more of the damage that day. But, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, but, but Hugill is, you know, like, he had his critics at North End, as you say, we had people driving him, you know, when, when it switched off at one and a half million and, yeah. and he ends up going for 9.5. Had people driving Daniel Johnson in the summer as yeah, well. So yeah, but, uh, but, you know, the. Not a perfect sh- sign. You know, he. he you could understand, you know, for North End getting nine and a half million for him and Hugo getting sort of trebling, quadrupling his wage. And a cut of yeah, the, and the, the move and things like you know, that, I think. And the chance to play in the Premier League, that's not worked out. He's only, he only had his three sub-appearances for West Ham and then now he's spent the last two seasons on loan in the Championship at different clubs. Yeah. You probably think in the summer, even though it was Moyes who signed him, if Moyes hangs around... Is he really going to use him? I would, you know, yeah. I could see more. I could see a move somewhere in the summer, but you know, as a career move for Hugo on the pitch, he's carried on playing a lot of champions. He's got a lot of football at Middlesbrough, even yeah. more at QPR. So he's continued to play, and he's picking up a, a fair wage. He's got for a better it. wage. So I, I won't be grudging that move at no. all. You know, I'm thinking. he could have he could have had a bigger contract at North End, not at the same level no. as, as West Ham remotely. In the end, he's gone. He's had six months in the Premier League on a higher wage and now he's back in the Championship at a similar level to North End. So and he's still on the same big wage because, yeah. you know, Middlesbrough 
paid it last season, and I think QPR will be contributing. Yeah. So in the end, he still ends up paying, getting the same wage he does at West Ham, but yeah. he's playing regularly. So. so he's basically taking a sort of sideways step, but mm. got a much bigger, a much bigger wage. If we go then to team news for the weekend. Yeah. No Ben Pearson. No Piro. No party. No, party no. off this weekend? Is that it? Party? No. Off. no parties for the next month. No, you hope not. No, he's. Uh, he's, he's he felt his hamstring in the West Brom game, apparently. They sent him for a scan, as is now routine. Mm. Apparently, I think with all the hamstring injuries and injuries they had last season, I think now they routinely they're sending them for scans if you get a bit of a twinge. And as Alex Neal said, it was a bit of a box-ticking exercise. Well, my hamstring's a little bit sore. Yeah, let's well, go get, let's it, get it checked out. out. And they came. I think they were quite surprised that the scan came back with a little bit of damage in there. You know, I don't know if it's a pull. I don't know if there's a slight tear in there. It's just a mm. hamstring injury. We're being told. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we actually we had, got we had, the area. We had to extract Billy Bowden. Yeah, only the second. I think it was the second time of asking. He yeah. actually said where it, it was. Where is it? What could it be? Is it, is it hamstring or something that? Yeah. Right, okay. Right, okay we'll yeah. go with that then. <laughs> so, yeah, not one for giving too much information. No. They're saying a month at the moment. Now, if you were to take that exactly, you're talking end of March, start of April, there's a two-week international break. So if it is going to be a month uh, and a month only, you're looking at Huddersfield away coming back on the 4th of April. Yeah. You know, probably Which if, could be the five thousandth game is Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Yeah, go yeah, back to that. yeah. If the cup game, yeah, if if the Derby game was to get postponed, the five thousandth game would be at Huddersfield. But mm. let's not get ahead of ourselves there. No. Um, so yeah, so so excepting without Pearson, without a month. Um, if there's one small mercy from that, he will not get ten bookings. The amnesty, the amnesty for avoiding uh, a um, a two match ban for getting ten bookings is the QPR game. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, he just needs to worry about fifteen once he gets back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's the next one, which I think Darnell will reach at some point. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. So no Pearson. He played Alan Brown as a holder against um, Fulham. Yeah. Which he did rather well, I thought. Um, Neil highlighted him for keeping Kearney quite quiet. Um, now, will he use Brown as a holder in another game? We don't know. It might be he decides to bring Ryan Ledson in. Mm. Ledson has dropped off the radar yeah. somewhat. He was back on the bench at Fulham, but he's not been in probably the two or three match day squads before then, you know, yeah. when a full complement of players was available. So don't think he's quite stepped up, has he, to that sort of... Mm. Ad- and to be fair to him, that's probably down to a lack of game time. Actually. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a big part to play in it. And he... Pearson's not a player you can sort of, you know, rest. Mm. Oh, we'll leave Ben out for a game and put him on the bench and try Ryan. You know, like, yeah. Pearson's available, he plays him. No matter what, and, and yeah. we, we spoke about this um, leading up to the to, to the, the yellow card situation, is that if Ben Pearson is fit, he plays. Yeah. And if he's booked, he carries on. There yeah. is no, he doesn't leave the field no. in Alex Neal's team. No, no, no exactly, what. yeah. So, so... Ledson is seen as like he's understudy, you know. But if Pearson was ever to leave North End or whatever, could you really see at the moment Ledson stepping up mm. to be the holding midfielder? You'd rather, you'd probably see someone else coming in. I would say at the moment, he's shown. I think he's shown flashes of yeah. of what mm. he's capable of. Yeah. But like I say, I, without having, I, I think for Ledson as well. He probably just doesn't know the system as well as Ben Pearson because he's not he's not been able to play and he doesn't know necessarily the areas where the ball will naturally drop in mm-hmm. this sort of system. You'll I'm sure Pearson would go into a, a similar 
area mm-hmm. each game because he knows if Brown goes up for this header in his experience, it kind of drops in this sort of area. And Ledson just might not know that and he'll always be that half a yard behind until yeah. he gets that, that run in the side, which isn't possible. No, no, exactly. Like Pearson's not now, he's been in no offence team four years, mm. three, three and a half years regularly. You get to know it. And there's not many better holding midfielders than him anyway. No. So whoever comes in to replace him, you know, they're, they're stepping into big shoes. So, but as I say, Brown start, started there. He might very well start there again against QPR. Again, he might look at other things. You Will know. Gallagher be Ga- back Gal- from illness? You think so, yeah. I think Gallagher, did he, he didn't say it in our interview. So no, I think he said it with yeah, a club. He, he travelled down on Friday with the squad, not feeling 100%. Wasn't great when he woke up on Saturday, so rather than having him sat round and then sat with the, on the bus with the lads coming home, they stuck him on the train and he came home and sort of, you know, got got away from the rest of them, got, you know, got some rest. Mm. So if he got a cough and a cold, you'd like to think he'd be over that by the end of the week. So, yeah. um, so you know, fingers, that's another midfield option, although obviously Galley's not a holder, you know. No. But it depends how, we, we've, we've had this debate over the last few weeks, will QPR come back? Come here to Deepdale and sit in a deep block like Millwall did, yeah. like Hull did, and frustrate North End. And I think Alex Neal alluded to that that they do need a bit of craft when a team does that. He said they're not going to break a team down by hoofing it up and getting. You know they need to work it. They need a patience. They need to pass it to the side. Then they need to sort of work it through the thirds. And Gallagher in the stats in terms mm-hmm. of getting the ball into the final third, mm-hmm. he's up there in the division yeah. in, in terms of getting that ball mm-hmm. ball forward. I would be concerned going in without a holding midfielder just because of AZ, yeah. who I think is fantastic. And I thought he was brilliant yeah. at the Keane Prince Foundation. So I, I think, so the, if, if we're going to look at that with AZ, you might think... Brown might be given that job of mm. sitting on him like he did on Tom Kearney. And then you could maybe have... I think he'll keep DJ in, yeah. but he's got the option of having Gallagher in that eight role with yeah. with Brown. And then, as I say, we, we, we debated Brad Potts earlier. Are they going to do the same? Or did he put a different 10 in there? You know, Did he have Galley in and move DJ on? As a runner? Is yeah. there going to be enough space for him yeah. if, if they've got that yeah. low block? Yeah, so... It's um, you know that that's that's one for Alex Neal to to yeah. work out. Rather than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Let's get on to some. Uh, well, actually, do you, do you want to have a quick look at the at the running then? Yeah. Should we talk about that because, yeah. um, with North End still being in sixth, and mm. we say how big a month this is. Yeah. And we say about other teams mm. dropping points. Yeah. Everyone, looking at the runnings. Yeah. Everyone has about. But anywhere between two and four or five yeah. big games between now and the end of the season, don't they? Everyone is teams in the top six will be dropping points against each other. Yeah. Now I've just made you know looking at the runnings out. I've forgotten to top two for now. Let's just assume West Brom and Leeds, who have both hit some form of late. I thought West Brom then went and lost to Wigan, saying yeah. that. Yeah. But Leeds seem to have picked up of late. Yeah. Um But if you look at Fulham's running, North End played last week. This Saturday they were away at Bristol City. Now, one of them is going to drop points, or both of them, if it's a draw. Mm-hmm. Fulham, after Bristol City, they then play Brentford at home, London Derby, so that's another points drop. They then play Leeds away. They've got QPR away, the London Derby. Birmingham at home. They've got Nottingham Forest away, who are in that top, you know, in that top group. They've got Cardiff 
after that who are up there, you mm. know, who are in that sort of pack Is that just below. At Cardiff as that's well? A, no, that's at Fulham. Oh, okay. Then Fulham go to West Brom after that. <laughs> then they've got Chef Wednesday at home and then Wigan away. Then you look at... Wigan Fo- who might be fighting for the life yeah. at that point as well. Then you've got Forrest. They're at home to Millwall on Friday, I think it is. That's mm. another telly match for them. They've got Chef Wednesday away. They've got Huddersfield at home. Then they play Bristol City. Mm-hmm. So again, they've got Wayne Rooney's Derby away. Who are brilliant at home. Yeah, and Sky Sports are still insisting Derby are going to go up. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, because we've got Wayne Rooney in the team. Forrest go to Fulham. No, they, no, they host Fulham. Forrest come here on Good Friday, uh, Easter Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Swansea to play. They're, then they're away at Barnsley and they finish home to Stoke. Then you look at Brentford. Stoke, who again might be fighting for the life, as will Barnsley. Barnsley so will be, they, certainly. They're not going to be dead look, rubbers. You look at some of Barnsley's games, they could have a big say in this. Then you've got Brentford, Chef Wednesday at home, Fulham away, mm. yeah. West Brom at home, Reading away, Wigan at home, who say he was strong at home, Charlton at home, Derby away. Um, Derby away, it's not, it's not easy. PNE go down to Griffin Park, yep. play him. Then they've got Stoke away and Barnsley at home. They've got a reverse of Forest's last two fixtures. Yep. Forest and Brentford both played Barnsley Stoke in the last two games. Then you've got Bristol City, Fulham at home, Blackburn away. You know, Blackburn are in the pack, aren't they? Yep. Just underneath. Chef Wednesday at home, Fulham away, Cardiff at home, seven sides derby, as you call it. Yep. You know, there's a bit of like needle there. You can there? never you can never write off a derby, no. can you? Hull at home. Borough away, Middlesbrough might need the points. Yeah. Stoke at home, Swansea away, another sort of. They'll be, they'll be. You know, that's that yeah. South Wales stroke Bristol sort yeah. of rivalry that's there. And then last game at season, it's North North Angle down there, and you know, like, could could that be a shootout for <laughs> for one of the places? Yeah. And then you look at Rovers, you know. We'll Dar- have to include them. Yeah. Dar- <laughs> Derby away, at Bristol City. They've got coming up at Ewood. They've got they they go to Wigan. They mm. go to Reading, they host Leeds, they're away at Cardiff, they're home to West Brom, they're away at Millwall, who are still in that sort of pack, yeah. probably on the fringes of it. And they've got Reading at home, and then they finish at Luton away, who who might need a point. So yeah. everyone is playing. You and know, I think yeah. in there as well, you've got teams like Derby and Cardiff, who yeah. at home are brilliant. Yeah. And they're not a bad side. They're not. Com- you you can't rule officially rule them out of no. it yet. Yeah. So even those ones where you think, oh, they're only playing a mid-table side, mm. they could really turn up some turn up some results. If some team out of the pack puts together a good long unbeaten run, mm. they deserve everything yeah. that's going for them. You know, like Villa last season won ten on the bounce. I don't think that's going to happen in no. this lot. But if someone does put a decent run together, happy days. You know, you deserve. To be sort of yeah, and I think where you are, and why I was saying earlier about how important this next month is for PNE is that it's it's probably the easiest spell mm-hmm. that North End have between between now. If you look potentially, yeah, QPR, but- Luton, Cardiff at, at home rather than away, and then you've got Derby, uh, Wayne Rooney's Derby County at home, Huddersfield away, Sheffield Wednesday away, mm-hmm. and then come the three out of four to finish the season that are difficult. So you've got. Forest, Brentford, Birmingham at home, and then Bristol City away. So mm-hmm. if North End are still right in there between these last four games, it might be a case of those four games decide where in the playoffs North End yeah. finish, mm-hmm. or they may decide whether North End finish yeah. in the playoffs or not. And only seven points behind Fulham at the moment. Fulham playing Bristol City, it's either going to make North End safer in the playoffs, or if you look at it, 
it gives them more of a chance to get up to third or fourth or wherever. Yeah, we we look at runnings at the end of the day. You've got to look after yourself as well. You know, yeah. we can we we can debate all we want. Or they're playing them, they're playing one, but. If you're not picking up a result and you're relying on others, that's when you, you, your position's weakening, obviously. So, as I say, you use the phrase, the next, you know, the four games are the easiest spell. This is a championship as yeah. well, you know. Like, I'm sure, you know, you've got to put that to one side and think, well, QPR will be just as difficult to play as Fulham were last week. You know, Luton, when they go there, you got to fight for, you know, they're, they're fighting for their lives to get out of relegation trouble have picked up a few results lately you know there are so, so few dead rubbers in this yeah there are at the season. moment yeah yeah it's insane so it's really it's, it, you know it's going to be a fascinating battle mm. you know we, we keep talking about yeah you know early, a bit early a few months ago it looked like west brom and leeds are away you know first and second tied up battles clear yeah 10 or 11 points around christmas and then Leeds got dragged back into it west brom did to a certain extent yeah. they've both now pulled away a little bit but Having said, having watched West Brom against North End last week, and West Brom being by far the better team and deservedly winning comfortably without yeah. probably having to get into fourth gear, yeah. then they go and lose at home to Wigan. What <laughs> a Wigan side who went and had more possession, more shots on target, and apparently they missed one on one in the last minute. You know, so it could have been an even more comfortable victory. That's what you're dealing with. It's, yeah. it, it, it's nonsense. Like before the Fulham game, we were sat in the press room. The uh, Leeds were playing a Hull on the lunchtime kickoff. Yeah. They absolutely destroyed Hull that day, didn't they? You know, it was second half. It was like a training session, attack versus defence. You know, but you do know that in the next game, Leeds might chuck in an absolute yeah. stinker. Well, they did against Wigan. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just it is a fascinating battle. It's I think that's where people's frustration and you know we're tearing our air out because it's mm. it's such a hot it's a it's an it's a great division but it's an horrible one at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you know, and, that, and it's not the, the end of the, the world that North End have lost against Fulham yeah. and West Brom this the week. The prize, you know, the prize at the end of it is so big. Yeah, that even though there are aspects of the Premier League I don't like and a lot of people don't like, you still want to be in there. Yeah, you know, even for a short time, you know, and it, every team wants to get. What, you know, they'll do anything, the scrap, you know, yeah. fight, battle. And I think that's why it's... Outhouse. Yeah, it's so... <laughs> I think that's why it gets so unpredictable in the end. I think nerves and anxiety do play a part in it, yeah. you know, so... Massively. And I'd be yeah. interested to see how um, Northend cope with that towards the end of the season. I think Alex Neal will generally have it under control, whether mm-hmm. the players do as well, because there'll be a lot of the players... Uh, first time yeah. in that sort of scenario. It, it, uh, yeah, some of them. But, you know, if you think... Neil's first season, they finished seventh. They were in around it. I think the difference this season is that consistently North End have spent a lot of time in the top six. Mm. First season when they finished seventh, they were briefly in the playoffs early season They're September. Up the ground, I think they beat. They? I think they beat Hull two one away in September, and that took them into the playoffs. And I think they had a couple of dodgy results, which dropped them out of it again. And then. They, they never really, you know, they got back to seventh in the last couple of games of the season, but were never really in it. Last season, it was that late run from, well, that run from January to March took them in, mm. took them to within a, you know, a goal difference of the playoffs, and then they finished badly, you know, to slide down again. So they have been, had the sights on the playoffs in the last two years, but this this season's different, as you say, in that they have been up there most of the time. Yeah, you know, and this so. seems to be the culmination of of these years. And yeah. you worry if it doesn't happen this year. But we're not gonna mm-hmm. we're not gonna be all negative about it. We'll move on to some questions that have come in. Um, 
one that came in on Twitter. Do opposition teams have PNE sussed? I think by now most teams have each other sussed. You, what are we? We've done 36 games now. Yeah. If you've not sussed out how a team plays by now, yeah, everyone will know. And... Everyone will know where North End's strengths and weaknesses are, as North End will know where Bristol City's strengths and weaknesses are, where Blackburn's are, where West Brom's are. Yeah. North End did have a look at Hull, uh, uh, looked at Fulham, and if they'd had if they'd finished better, yeah. you would have said they exploited they their weaknesses. Kearney, yeah. They neutralised Mitrovic. You say yeah. they if you mm-hmm. say they're their biggest threats. Yeah, they've got they've done their homework yeah. right. What, Teams what? will know North End's vulnerabilities. Yeah. You know, like um, whether it be a set piece, whether it be... So by now, I don't, there's no secrets there of how to, you know, teams have been sussed or not, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing Alex Neal said when Marcel Bielsa came out and did his big presentation of all these amazing scouting that he did, mm. Alex Neal turned around pretty nonplussed and went, yeah, yeah, that's what everyone does. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> a few managers said at the same time, well, we do exactly the same, yeah. you know. So, we just don't shout yeah. about it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's really good, you know, everyone knows each other's weaknesses, what what happens, what matters is once we're on the pitch is making sure you exploit those weaknesses, you know, yeah. and, you know, and it might, and it might be that, yeah, a team has, you know, worked on improving there, you know, like, uh, you know, if North End win on Saturday, for example, against QPR, they might, you know, QPR might have known all the, all along about where North End might be weak, but if North End have managed to sort of plug those areas and done a bit of work on it, yeah. you know, fair it, enough. If North End go there on Saturday and blow them away, mm. then uh, yeah. then they don't have them sussed. Or no, if, if, no. They, if they're neutralised on the day, if or mm. if, say, uh, Daniel Johnson, Paul Gallagher and Alan Brown all have poor games in the midfield, yeah. it's not necessarily that... North End have been sussed. It might just be that on the day. on the day. Yeah. yeah, and I think, and like we said before, there's not been that many good halves of, of football lately. So mm. whether it's a case of North End being sussed or whether North End are just in a bit of a, yeah. a lull of form or yeah. some players are or, or whatever on the day, yeah. it, it, it could be a, a combination of um, the two potentially. It's like Brentford haven't had the best results recently. Brentford being sussed, probably. Yeah. You know, we all know how Brentford play. They, they, they play some lovely stuff. Yeah, you know, they can blow teams away. Yeah, but it might just be in a case, you know, like if you, if you can get in their face a little bit more, you know, it disrupts them a little bit. Bristol yeah. City's form's not been great. There's not, I think Leeds are the form team of the top six at the moment. Mm. They won the last four. Mm. I don't think anyone else has won, you know, in the last six. I don't think anyone's done better than Leeds so far yeah so. they're right up there definitely yeah. uh, right next question then has Sinclair disrupted the consistency being having, having been thrown in and does he suit North End's style of play now I can understand why this question has mm-hmm. come because Sinclair I think it's fair to say probably hasn't hit the ground running no. mm-hmm. and he was kind of it didn't take long for him to start and with him not hitting the ground running having started then North End kind of faltering a little bit. I can see why the question yeah. is asked. He, he came on as a sub at Blackburn. Yep. He started against Charlton, and they won. They won that one. He then won at Barnsley. He then drew he when he scored front. against uh, Swansea. Um, then he went to Wigan and won. Yeah. Probably didn't. You know, I'm not saying he played a massive, you know, game-changing part in that, but. Um, there's not the, a lot of disruption yeah. in so there. So there's not, you know, for the start of it, there's not been a lot of disruption. Maybe yeah. it's just in other areas where you're not going to say, oh, Sinclair's going in has, you know, disrupted him. Like, they've lost, you know, at Fulham and at West Brom. He was only on the bench. He only came on 
you know, as an impact sub. You know, he didn't start either of those games. So, yeah. I think the might, the, you know, if you wanted to bring a bit of pace, you know, there's been, you know, there's the big, the big debate about Sean Maguire should he be starting as much mm -hmm. as he does. That's ideal for Sinclair to go in on his side of the pitch. You know, like yeah. you, you could argue, well, let's give him a start down that side, or let's bring Harrop in there or something. Yeah. So I think to put, you know. It was always going to take Sinclair a little bit of time to settle in because he hadn't had a lot of football at Celtic. He's, he, to be fair, his style of that, that right-footed coming in on the left suits North End, should suit North End perfectly because that's yeah. how they play. The, he doesn't tend to play a left-winger, a left-footed player to, to go on the outside and get to the byline and cross it. It's I all don't coming think Billy inside. Bowden has ever really played on the left. No, 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 Billy Bowden is a left footy playing on the right, you know, yeah, it's cutting always. inside the more inverted wingers. So yeah. I think Sinclair should be, you know, naturally, you know, he's quite a good fit should in that. Fit Maybe it's more his personal sort of situation of... Having to get up to Yeah, how North End play, how, you know, learning to adapt to the system, but... Um, I think, I'd, ra I'd rather have him on board than not. Yeah, I think I think yeah. he got played down a little bit. I, I think I asked the question to Alex Neil about whether it'll take time for him to get used to the get used to the system, and I think maybe he didn't expect it to as much as it as it has. Yeah. Or initially there were good signs, and maybe that's not completely been the case. I mean, saying that we don't really know. He might be completely up to up to speed with it, and he's just probably a bit out of form, and, yeah. and he's got other options. Then we could be completely wrong, but. I I just hope we see the best or not the best or better from Sinclair before the end of the yeah. season. If there's this playoff running, he could make he a difference. Could, couldn't he? Yeah. he could make all the difference. Yeah. In, in terms of if you think of Swansea, there weren't much in the game, and we draw because Scott Sinclair scores that goal running from the halfway line. Yeah. In the playoffs, those are the sorts of moments that mm -hmm. that can change everything. Yeah, yeah. So it just probably just one or two are off a little bit off it at the moment. You know, I just need to, you know get back to it but I, I, I saw another question floating around on Twitter about using Sinclair up front and he did against Barnsley but it was when they played the no. diamond to fit yeah. all the midfielders in they played him and Barcaves up front and I'll tell you that's a hell of a lot of pace up front mm. but, but the next game they got rid of the diamond because basically it just leaves loads of space down the side and Swansea were the ideal team to sort of yeah, pull you apart. So they've gone back basically. to it, yeah. But, so uh, we did have a question, as you alluded to before. Is it time to give Sean Maguire a rest? Championship is more intense than the League of Ireland. It's also had internationals and things like that. I think League of Ireland is now irrelevant because yeah. I think it's been too long yes. since he left there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he's made the step up. He's shown that he's good enough for this level, I think. Yeah. Um, that's That's done. But is it time to give Sean Maguire a rest? He's had international. He yeah. plays a lot of games, plays a lot of minutes, plays in all these tough games. Mm -hmm. He is, you know, he's probably one of the workhorses in the side, along probably with Tom Barkays in terms of going up and down that wing. Does he need a rest? He might do, but, you know, like, he, if he's going to be judged on goals and assists, we sat down with him last week. He was a player put up for the press conference before the Fulham game. Mm. And he admitted, he said, fitness-wise, it's the, most, it's the fit, fittest I've been since I've come here. But, he said at the moment, I'm, he said, I'm really disappointed with my goals return and assists. That's what I'm judged on in the end. Um, so, it might be, you know, take him out of the fight, give him a game or two break, you know, or, or like have him impact him from the bench. You know, they have got the options. They have got the options, we just covered Sinclair. Mm. Could play Josh Harrop on that left-hand side, have him rolling in, you know, sort of, 
do that way, you know. Yep. So, so there are options if if needs be. It might it might be a chance to freshen him up for a game or two. He kind of showed the human side as well, though, because obviously we've spoken about how he's come in for a lot of criticism. I think him and Brad Potts, it's been very easy to to, to blame at times. Mm-hmm. He kind of showed that he's a not only that he's aware of the criticism that kind of comes at him, but he's also aware of his own performance. Yeah. and he's not happy. He's no. not. You he know, wasn't it's hiding not behind. He, yeah, he it's not no. that he goes out and if he doesn't play all right, it's like, oh well, at least I'll go again next week or whatever. Mm. He is he is bothered about his performances just yeah. as much as just as much as the fans are. Yeah, he's not sat there. Oh, don't give a monkeys, you know. Like mm. oh, I'll be in next week, anything. But you know, he's he's a you know, it's a it was a press conference environment. It was him sat at the top table and us and a handful of other people firing questions at him. But he was very deep and meaningful about it. You know, he sat there, and he held hands up, you know, he says, if I'm going to be a player judged on goals, assists and creating chances, he says, I'm probably not, you know, not doing enough and I reckon that, mm. you know, it's not happening, not that he's not doing it, I think the work rate's there, you know, and and the thing, but Alex Neil offers a season as a player who fits into his system, you know, that's, it's not it's not about individual, you know, players a lot. Always oh, about the team out. Yeah, it's it? about, yeah, it's about, you know, does he press at the same time as others and whatnot, so, and Neil, Neil's job is to see what he does on the training pitch every day and, you know, try and get that onto the pitch. And he, he obviously thinks, he, he you know, he, he's worth his place. Now, mm. it, it could be an ideal situation to give him a breather. You know, three in the next four, they've got a midweek game coming up as well, to, you know, the Cardiff game towards the international break. So I think the lads will be anxious to play at Luton in a couple of weeks because that's where he was born. A lot of his family still will live. Yeah. You know, he said he went to watch Luton quite a bit as a kid. So... You know, maybe you know, might that that might inspire him just getting chomping it a little bit. Yeah. You know, and maybe Cardiff might be a nice game for uh, Scott Sinclair, formerly yeah. of Swansea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny yeah, how things work. A little bit of a rivalry down there, isn't there, Swansea yeah. and Cardiff? Yeah. But you know, there are you know, if they do want to change it, there are options. Mm. But Neil will look how the dynamic works better. You know, if he decides Sinclair, if he decides against QPR, they need a lot of pace. That might be an ideal one for Sinclair. If they decide they need a little bit of craft, Harrop. You yeah. know, so they have got options. And Bowden still seems a bit, a little bit off, doesn't he? I can't see Bowden being involved. They've got him back training, mm. but Alex Neal last week referred to it. We've got him to the test stage. The, the test stage now. It's almost like test driving a new, you know, like they've <laughs> yeah. invented something. He's off. The, he's off the belt. Yeah, and he's, he's doing uh... a lot of running apparently out on the pitches. But what they suspect is that when he got this kick on the. Achilles tendon, something is maybe a tiny little fragment of what, what, yes. what's your tendon, you know, what, a bit of the tendon or a bit of the bone. The bone in the area is floating around. Now, sometimes you can get away with that. It's mm. just a case of managing it. I think it. Ben yeah. Davies has something similar. Yeah, thing. on his ankle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can leave something floating around in there till the end of the season and then I have a bit of surgery it. to Which is out. crazy. I mean, I suppose if you think about all these players being soft and all this sort of stuff mm. they've got if they've got a piece of bone floating around yeah. in the foot that's causing them problems they'll play through to the end of the season I yeah. mean fair enough at times you know yeah. Ben Ben Davies is probably still playing with a couple of ankle, in, ankle yeah. injuries and, yeah. and, and playing through I think at this time of the season everyone is playing with some kind of knock aren't they yeah. you know like you know, not everyone's 100% fit as in sharp but um, in terms of carrying an injury I'm sure most players have a nice pack on after a game in some yeah. area of the body or Need a bit of a attention from the physio before getting out for training. So, yeah, um, yeah. Right. Well, 
I think uh, I think I think that's it, Dave. I think that's yeah. it for this week. Is yeah. there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just just hope. Uh, what one thing I'd like to say? I thought the support as ever at Fulham was superb. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like uh, the the one thousand nine hundred and sixty four North End fans, fantastic. I've seen some pictures and videos from the boats, which uh, you know some of the fans hired. I thought that that, that that was fantastic. And as ever, you know. The away support continues, you know, to be really good. Sold out, a, sold out at Luton in you know yeah. a weeks time. You know, I think there were a few yeah. disgruntled fans on Saturday about whether the players went over enough at the yeah. end of the game or or something like that. But sometimes but, you get yeah. So win or lose, you'd like to see the players all go over. But yeah, um, I, I mean that, that was the longest trip in the championship that weekend. Yeah. The North End sold out. Yeah, so easily as well. Sold out three weeks before it. Yeah, you know, deserves credit. Sold out. Luton, I'm sure when when they play Huddersfield, That'll start of April, I think the allocation for that's only around two thousand generally, so that one will go, you mm. know. So, so that was, you know, it, again, really good support. You know, I think that's positive. Yeah, um, it's going to be needed in the running, yeah, isn't it? I suppose. Also, it is. I think they need that positivity at home as well. Yeah, you know, away. I think, that, I think away we? fans generally at any club. Yeah, because you're all in one in one big environment together. You know, it's part of the. It's part of the pack going away, isn't it? You're you're in one area of the ground together. You're all sitting together, and I think your vocal backing's always better yeah. away from home. That's not just at North End. That's any club, and I think um, you know. But you know, if they can get get it together at home, yeah. You know, important to remember last time they were at home. Alex Neal kind of said that you need to make sure that there's going to be that anxiety. Yeah. He knows people are desperate, but mm. we've got to stay behind the yeah. team. I think what would help if North End could score in the first half and score first against QPR, yeah. that would settle everyone down. You know, yeah. you know, going into you know, there's not that anxiety going in at half time that they're having to chase. Yeah. You know, they need to get them get a, get the noses in front again, like they did at Wigan that time. You know, mm. like it's a, it's a little bit of a wild season. Like that. With Swansea, the, the last time they took the lead at home, it would have been a fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. yeah. they went, yeah, it went Swansea, then they went to Wigan away and got themselves in front. Yep, they've been before Swansea, they've been to Barnsley and got themselves in front, then they went to Stoke, got themselves in front there, but yep. then it's been Millwall, obviously. Falling yeah. behind <laughs> and, and lost. Hold the beat, but came back. Came from, back, yeah. yeah. And then the Second last two did not scored. You know, like so. Yeah, that can make that first goal can make such a difference. And I think you know, if North End on Saturday against QPR could get in the lead, that would you know, I think you you feel a different atmosphere around it. Yeah, I yeah. think it really would. You know, yeah. get one in the first 10, 15 minutes. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because you know? they start they start games well. They just need to take advantage of those. Yeah, they do. Ten, yeah, as you say, they do tend to have chances. They probably, you know, they, they started well at, um, at Fulham, you know, the, the, the Brad Potts chance, which mm. got blocked, we alluded to earlier. That was in the seventh minute, you know, early doors. Millwall, I seem to remember, they had three or four good chances in the first 15 minutes or so. So, yeah. it's, again, it comes down to taking your chances. But yeah. keep the faith, as they keep yeah. saying. You know, like, keep this the is actually, you know, a lot of clubs in this division will give the right arm to swap places with North End. North End will give the right arm to swap places with some of the teams above them. Mm. You know, that, that's where we are, so... yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we'll hope for an early goal, but if not, keep behind keep, them. Yeah, yeah, keep behind them, keep keep supporting them it's a as, as people game. do. I'm yeah. not, not going to sit here and tell anyone what to do, but um, yeah, Alex Neil does had said last time about staying behind and and I suppose managing the anxiety, managing the emotion. I suppose if there's, there's that build up of emotion, kind of do it positively rather than than, yeah. than negatively if if possible. But what we will say is. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can keep in touch with myself at Tom Sandals and 
Dave at Seds LEP on Twitter. Make sure to follow at LEP underscore football for all the Lancashire Post coverage of Preston North End. Multiple stories going up there every day of the week and match coverage at weekends. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining us.